This is CliffCentral.com. <laughs> Sorry, can you just do that again? That was nice. I like that. Just do that again, please. Sunburn and Nokia, welcome to the show. It is Frankly Speaking for one hour. We're, we're actually doing singing for the whole morning. Yes. Yeah, so if you heard Rory there, you know what's to come. <laughs> Friend, I've had a, week, a flu for two weeks. So, so you're feeling good now. Forgive huh? you're me back. as I as I celebrate. You're back. You're back. Yes. I like that. I like yes, that. Yes. Welcome to the show. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us. Rorisang uh, Dumelang. Madume, Madumera. How are you? I kesha poenobia. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. A gingu right, Joe. Gingu right. What's wrong with you now? Is it too uh, soft? Is it too loud? You're putting is it this thing too too deep in my ear. Oh, it's too loud. Mm. Oh, I thought you were too soft. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. You're I'm killing sorry. me. I love you. I love hey. you there. <laughs> All right, Rory. You know, lots is happening at the moment. Yes. Things that are important. A lot is happening. A lot that's important. And Coalitions. If... Rio Olympics. Yes. For Pete's <laughs> sake, you know. White interests. Casta is is running today. Yeah, she runs today. She runs yes. today. So let's uh, let's uh, wish her luck. Yeah, I think around half past four South African time. Yeah. Uh, she she goes and she runs. Um, she does her heats. Much to the much to the irritation of 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 many others. So we we will obviously be supporting her, frankly speaking, because that's what we do. We mm. we support people who irritate <laughs> uh, who irritate everybody else. Um, but um, you might have missed it. Uh, if you hadn't maybe seen a headline or something, because that's just generally what we do in South Africa. Uh, but yesterday was the fourth uh, annual commemoration of the Marikana massacre, where 41 miners were shot down by police on August uh, the 16th, 2012. Um, and let's be honest, right? Who who cares? Who cares? Because if it wasn't for a headline. If it wasn't for maybe seeing a post or tweet or something, I mean, who cares? We we really we we really generally seem to just get on with our lives, uh, and and forget about this until this time of the year comes around, and then all of a sudden all of us are oh in memory of in. But for the rest of the year, we get on with our lives. We don't care that uh, there's still no one that's been arrested. Uh, no, police, for, yeah. no, no, no! None of the policemen have been arrested for 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 any of those murders. We still, we don't care. We don't make noise about it. We don't speak about it around the bry fire. We not, uh, we not protest. We're, huh? we're not protesting it. So, so yes, uh, our words might be one thing, but our deeds certainly point to a different thing. And that thing, possibly, is that we just don't give a damn anymore. I mean, I, Rory, I'm guilty as I think you are of just. Absolutely, Marikana came around. You know, and, and this is the thing: we do care, but in such a superficial no, way. No, we don't care, Be- and we mustn't even try and uh, no. But that's what I'm saying. Quote so, ourselves so with, with with any righteousness here. We don't care because if we care, <laughs> no, but you know what me, we care about. You know what we care. We about. care about making sure we that we are potholes. known. We care about potholes because <laughs> that's what I'm going to go and speak about at work. Oh my goodness, I hit a pothole. We care about that. We care about what's happening in France. Uh, these people, oh my goodness, the world is going to pot. We care about Trump. How many times do you and I speak about Trump? Mm. Right? We care about that, but 
do we care that 41 black men uh, were shot dead, just shot dead like animals, not even animals, man. Mm. Not, no animal. I've never seen animals just get shot down like that. We, we don't care. Mm. I think there's something in this. I think there's something in this because what I was trying to say is that once you remember that it's Marikana Day, um, and I don't even know if that's the, the right term, the Marikana Commemoration Day, um, you, you put up a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook and Twitter and, and then you get on with your day. You know, we remember, we remember, we remember. But that's it. Right? That, that's where it ends. Yeah, even if, if we do, I mean, it's, it's reached a stage now where we don't even, oh, read something. Okay, cool. I might like, maybe retweet, but most of us just keep it moving, you know? I mean, last night for the first time, I watched um, that uh, documentary by Rio Desai called Minor Shutdown. Mm. Um, phew, wow. Absolutely. So Rio is a, is a great filmmaker. I think that he's done an incredible job here. He found some incredible footage um, from police, from London Mines specifically. Uh, I have no idea how he got that footage. But what it really shows is the timeline and how it just built up to this day. Like this day was go- was inevitable. Mm. Was inevitable. If you hear what General Mpembe said and all these names that you you might have uh, might have some kind of recollection in your in your memory, um, it was inevitable that this was going down. And it was inevitable because you saw all the cameras. They were all there. The media houses were all there waiting for a disaster, and they got a little ticket. They they got their little present. It came to them, mm. you know. And none of the politicians were there. None of the politicians they, there. They, they, we they, remember they, that they Jacob Zuma was in. very silent uh, yeah. for for two days before saying anything, mm-hmm. and then spoke about how it was a national catastrophe, and we must just remember the lives lost, and we must mourn. Mm. And they, they all swept in after after the fact. Mm. If we saw this was coming, surely we should have been there on the front lines trying to mitigate the risk uh, from from being realized. And only once they had been shot dead, now we want to come in. I mean, NUM, which which was also guilty of a whole bunch of stuff, and and you can see it in this this documentary. It is free on YouTube if you want to go watch it. It is amazing. Mine is shot down. Go and check it out. But one guy, I must say, one guy who was on it was Joseph Matunjo. Joseph Matunjo was there. He was there. He was there. He was and, there. Um, I, I don't categorize him as a politician. No, he's not. He was there amongst the people. He was there. But the rest of us, we can sit here in our studio and point fingers at the politicians. But we also, we what did we do? We, we Until the people died, we really didn't care. Well, let's bring him onto the line right now. Joseph Matunjua is, is joining us. Uh, thank you so much for your time, uh, Mr. Matunjua, and welcome to the show. Joseph, are you there? Oh, you see, we've got the gremlins here. We've got the gremlins here. Okay, we'll try to get uh, Joseph back on the line now. Um, I, I wanted to say just about Joseph because you've got a, a line of questioning there. Do we actually care about this? So frankly speaking, does anyone care about Murray anymore four years after the 2012 massacre? We'd love to hear from you as well on uh, WeChat as well as Twitter. Hook us up at uh, Rory Shabalala and Yebo underscore Levy, L-E-V-Y. 
what are your thoughts about Marikana? And, and try and be honest about it. Because I think that's the thing. It's all, it's all, we all know that it was a human atrocity. But do you actually care about it now? Is it close enough to you to give a damn? Um, and, and we want to hear from you. I want to just tell you, Rory, before yeah. we speak to Joseph, there were two moments in that minor shutdown where I really, man, you know, Joseph as, as a human being just went up in my books. The first was the night before the massacre. Um, effectively, he, um, he went to the to the copy, the the now renowned copy, mm. and um, the police wouldn't allow him to go speak to the miners, mm. and they 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 said no, you can only go in uh, in in Nyala, mm. and you can only speak to them the police vehicle, yeah. yeah, from inside the Nyala. And he said, you know, he, and he got frustrated and, and it was caught live and camera. He's like, these people are humans too. Mm. These people are humans. Like mm. they're not animals. Why are we speaking to them like they're not humans? Mm. And I thought that that was an incredible, incredible moment. The other one was on the day of the massacre, Joseph Matunja went out there at nine o'clock as he promised the miners to be there at nine. He was mm-hmm. there at nine. He was only allowed to speak to them a little later on and he knelt in he front got of them. On the, oh, he got on his knees. He got on his knees and he, he said, please, knees, yeah. please, we can sort this out, but these people are ready for blood. Yeah. And if we don't leave this place now, they will kill us. And it was the most emotional moment. You really felt the emotion from this this man and this human. And I just apart apart wow. from the miners, he was probably the only other human, or the only other person that showed humanity yeah. at that point. Yeah, and that includes all of us because mm. all of us were quiet until the moment when it was too late. Yeah, he joins us now live. Let's see if uh, we've got him on the line. Joseph, good morning to you. Hi, good morning, and to your guests and to your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, we're speaking about Marikana, obviously the commemoration uh, yesterday, and we're, we're asking the question, and it's a very difficult question, but does anyone care anymore about Marikana? You were there. Uh, I must just say that you are an inspiration and an inspiring man and someone who I really look up to because in those moments uh, leading up to 2012, you were there, you were amongst the thick of it, and uh, I feel like you were the only voice of, of reason in that space. So thank you for, for caring. Thank you very much. And uh, it's so humbling. And uh, I think uh, everyone, if we can serve people selflessly, we can achieve a lot of things uh, just to come out in our comfort zone. Yeah. I believe that as we are on earth, uh, we are here for a purpose. Yeah. So uh, we are very thankful if we realize that purpose before we left this planet. Uh, Mr. Matundra, let's let's get into it. Um, where are we today as far as seeking justice for the people of Marigana and the families of the of the fallen comrades there? Yes, uh, I'll start by saying, really, uh, the 16th of August 2012, it was the darkest moment in our post-democratic society. Uh, where we've seen clearly that if the private power it, it, it grows into a point where it becomes more stronger than the democratic state itself, that it poses a danger, and that particular state becoming a fascist or a fascist state. And then it is very dangerous for the democracy, as we have seen at London that the power of the monopoly capital had much say in the government, mm. where then it resulted in this 
massacre. In four years where we are, there is nothing much tangible that one can pinpoint and say, yes, we have achieved. You go to Marikana, you look at the community, there's still shakes, there is no infrastructure, there is no development whatsoever. And with the things that we requested, we appeal to the government, for instance, pay the compensation to the victims of Marikana, the injured and those that uh, the widow. Nothing has happened. We requested that the the 16th of August should be declared as a public holiday. It was never uh, listened to. And furthermore, we requested for an apology, the list, to come forward and apologize to the families and the victims and also apologize to the nation. Because mm-hmm. really, if you look back of what Tatu Matiba and other leaders, the liberation commission that is struggling for this country to have this uh, constitutional democracy, really it was an insult. I mean, after 1994 to experience a massacre in a, a democratic uh, uh, state. Uh, Matunjwa, let's let's get into uh, yesterday and and the events of yesterday. We have here an audio clip of Ben Magara, the chief executive officer of Lonman speaking. We just want to play it quickly and then get your comments on uh, whether what he's saying uh, uh, translates into what we've seen uh, since four years uh, since four years ago. That the living condition. I know very well that the living conditions that some of you are living in are not good enough. They require a step change. I can assure you, we continue to work hard. If you visit Korea today, you will see the infill apartments that we have built. If you go around what we are doing, I know it's not yet enough, but as I say, we should not forget that we lost 6,000 of our colleagues last year. So we have to sit back with our majority union and prioritize and say, what can we do first? And what can we do second? But I want to thank you again, as employees of Lonmin, that all of us must reflect and say, 2012, August 2012, was a week that changed our lives. And what have you done yourself every day to contribute to a better South Africa, to a better Lonmin? Because us at Lonmin, we dig to improve lives. So thank you very much for listening to us. Thank you. Bab Matunjwa, that is Ben Magara, the CEO of Lonman, speaking there. He he touches on a number of points. Uh, uh, he says they've been working hard. He says that uh, uh, they've built apartments and 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 so on, uh, which which you've said uh, that the, the the people of Maragana haven't really seen anything tangible. And then he ends it off by saying, "All of us need to to do this," as if there's a collective responsibility. How do you feel about that? Uh, about uh, about uh, Lonman embracing everybody as 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 being responsible. Do you see the workers and and the unions as being collectively responsible, along with government and uh, and the company, uh, for fixing what was essentially broken uh, on that fateful day? Uh, 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 I think uh, it 
it will be just generalizing uh, for loan means to suggest that one are the ones that are owning the means of production at the end of the day. Two, what can we contribute uh, that is different that we've been contributing? Uh, what has the workers been contributing until such time they met this brutal uh, force by the state? So we've been contributing. Workers have been cooperating, comp- uh, I mean, contributing towards building this country, building these industries. But at the end of the day, the cherry on top was the R5 bullet uh, that they met. So therefore, to say there is a progress, a progress based on what? On migrant labor system that was designed for the majority of black mine workers. Why the workers are not been assisted to build the proper family houses where a family will move out of the hostel because those apartments are, I mean it's like a crawl there I mean I mean it's a line of a long hall with different compartments I mean there's no privacy there's no proper space to play for children there's no recreation there's nothing it's a hostel it's a modern kind of an hostel. I mean, I don't know. We don't appreciate that. Everyone wants a space at the end of the day. Yes, they, 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 they donated the land for the government to build those units. You go to those units at Korea. Come on. It's another Cape flat of some sort mm-hmm. where there is no facilities whatsoever, no space for the children. It's not a conducive space for a human being to live and uh, to bring up his family in that kind of a space. But Matundra, just uh, just another. There, there is, of course, another side to this, which is the fallen policemen and the security guards. Uh, what what has been the role of the union? Because in those families, there's also tears, uh, particularly the security guards uh, who were probably caught in the middle of a battle that ultimately they are not very different from the miners who are striking. They are working class people uh, who also come from the similar conditions as the very miners, um, and and they ha- they were killed as well uh, at 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 what's alleged to be the hands of miners. Um, wh- what has happened, um, perhaps even from your side, in terms of of, of correcting that? Yeah, as you will recall, Julie. During the Palam Commission, a retired uh, judge Palam Commission in Rustenburg, uh, I still remember, I was in the witness box or witness stand. We announced that AMCO will set up an AMCO Trust Fund, of which indeed we, we launched it yesterday, which is called uh, Marikana Massacre AMCO Trust Fund. Mm. And then we put uh, two million as an opening, just to open an account. And then in this account, as AMCO, we have recognized each and every soul that was lost mm. before the massacre, including the security, mm. including the police, including the members of the National Union of Mine Workers, wow. and the family. So we committed as AMCO that we will build 44 houses for this family. Mm. We don't want to distribute money. 
But for those that have got a, a formal structure, then the trustees will decide, will engage and interview them. Mm. But we wanted to build a proper houses for those families. The plan has been drawn. Everything has been qualified by the architect. On the 9th of uh, August, we've been to Eastern Cape to turn the thought for one of the families, of which those houses will be built across the country. That mm. is what AMCO has done. The question will be, what has the government done? Who pulled the trigger mm. against its own electorate? Mr. So Matunjua, that's another question. Perhaps uh, that brings us to the next point. Um, I'm very interested. I've got two questions here. Very interested to hear how you feel about Cyril Ramaphosa himself and also the different roles that have been played by politicians subsequent to the massacre. Just come again. I just missed you eh? I just wanted to get your thoughts on Cyril Ramaphosa as an individual himself and then also wanted to ask you about what do you think of the different roles played by the politicians after the massacre? I think uh, for me, uh, uh, the deputy, the current deputy president, I think uh, I believe that he could have uh, played a very constructive role in avoiding uh, this massacre or this bloodshed based on his credentials. As he was my leader, while we are still with the National Union Mine Records, so he's been to negotiations, he has seen things. But that shows that the absolute power really corrupts at the end of the day. Once you, you've got the another interest, it, it supersedes all the all good things that you've been doing towards liberating South Africa. So he finds himself in that space where his conscience was compromised by monopoly capital. Having having there, come having come from the trade union movement, do you do you, do you feel like he's a, he's a traitor? He's a Judas. He's a modern day Judas. I think one would wouldn't say literally he's a traitor, but he's the person who couldn't control his interest uh, uh, his interest against the interest of the working class of which he once represented. So I, I mean the money, the material gain was more than the cause of the working class. So he saw himself as no longer part of the struggle. Mm. He saw himself as more of the capital. So hence, his influence, he failed to use to settle because he's the one who pressurized the then minister of DMR, Susan Shabang, yes. to categorize the workers' strike as, as criminal. Mm. Exactly, exactly. This is the man. Then why won't you call him a traitor? Well, whether he's a traitor for the lack of better weight, the <laughs> traitor, I think, he, he doesn't hold any much weight. Mm. I wish I. You think it's, I you think a it's a, weight. you think it's a deeper, you think traitor is, is, is too light a word? Yeah, it's very light. It's very light. I mean, he, he sold his soul to the highest bidder at the end of the day. Mm. 
Mr. Matunjo, the second part of that question, the, we've seen uh, the rampant display of, of politicians coming in after the massacre, um, specifically the EFF and, and the DA. Um, the big void that the ANC has as well is, is also noticeable. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts of all these politicians swooping in trying to, to I suppose, garner some votes? Yes, I mean, I think uh, any political party will seize the opportunity that presents itself. So the, the African National Congress could have been the, the organization that could have reflected quickly after the massacre and tried to regroup and reposition itself and take control of the situation. But because, I mean, there are more... Their government is more committed to neoliberal economic policies. They forget that the very same people that were massacred by, uh, by the government, which is led by the African National Congress, are the same electorate that put them into power. So then we cannot blame the individual political parties if they see the opportunity comes on their way. But it will be the sad story if those political parties are using the sweat and the blood of our members or the workers in order to enhance their political agenda without reflecting on the issues that those comrades died for. Do you think any of the political parties are doing that, Mr. Matunjo? At this point in time, uh, we had, I mean, EFF uh, was making uh, a big noise at... in, I mean, in the parliament about the mass, uh, about the killing of the workers, uh, and also yesterday they pledged one million to the trust of the workers. I mean, of Amco to to restore the dignity of the widows and those who lost. Uh, I mean, their loved ones. Mm. So, uh, I mean, those I mean are the things that we see. They are heading towards the right direction. Yes, and then the DA. The DA, they were there yesterday, yes, they, weren't they? Yes, they were there. Mm. I mean, they did pledge, uh, but not on behalf of the DA, on behalf of himself, Mr. Maiman. He pledged 50,000 rand. And then uh, Mr. Comrade Bantu Olomisa, General Bantu Olomisa, pledged 50,000 on his personal capacity. And uh, he promised that he will convey the message to his party structures. And then Ben Magara committed or pledged 100,000 to that effect, and uh, one gentleman, Mr. Arense, he pledged 65,000. So mm. in that space of time, we managed to raise more than 1.2 million. Mm. Do, do you have the banking details that uh, the rest of us that are also probably complicit in just sitting on the sidelines can also contribute? Yes, indeed. Uh, this morning, uh, we are sitting, I just pulled out from the meeting now, we are finalizing all those details that in our website they must be this page and then and with all the details. But however, since I'm speaking to you, I'll make sure that I phone your office or your producer to extend that uh, account details of the Brilliant. We, we'll, we'll definitely put those online on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, if you want to contribute to, um, uh, the Marikana massacre, the people that were left behind. And, uh, we think, Mr. Matunjo, that's a fantastic cause. Just lastly, before we, we let you go, what could have, uh, Lonman as an organization done better after the massacre? So we know the massacre happened and there's blame assigned all over the place for that. But what in your mind would success have looked like for Lonman as an organization? subsequent 
to the massacre? What would they have done? I think the lone mean, if I was in their shoes, one is to publicly apologize to the nation that, yes, this could have been avoided. If we have listened to Mr. Matunjwa running up and down, trying to pursue us, to come to the mountain and address the workers and commit that, yes, we will look at their problem, we will deal with their 12,500 rates, Hence, the workers were were very clear that we understand that the company cannot have 12,500 at the goal, but we just only want a commitment that when we leave this mountain, the negotiations will start, of which then they say. Secondly, Lonmin should have maybe said all the widows, they are going to be paid while they are at home, not underground, not working in the mine, until pensionable age. I think that could have been a noble thing. And those children must go to the, a real C-class school where some of our children, I mean, are attending. Mm. Not what I've seen when I was traveling to Eastern Cape with Mr. Margara. I said to him, your child cannot attend to this kind of school. So why do you allow this? Mm. I'm not happy. And he made commitment that he will put another four million, which is still peanuts. Mm. I'm going to have a meeting with him to reflect on yesterday commemoration, what the people have said, or how can we take forward. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Baba Matunjwa. Thank you very much. A, a great honor to speak to you. And uh, please uh, keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. May the good Lord bless you. And it's also humbling uh, to be invited into your radar station. That's uh, Joseph Matunjwa from AMCU. He is the head of AMCU, um, who did a lot during the 2012 uh, Maricona massacre. Uh, wow, what what a gentleman and what an interesting man himself. Uh, we'll put those details of the banking details that uh, you can find on our on our social media feeds uh, subsequent to this radio show. We're speaking about: Do you still care about Maricana? We want to know all your thoughts. There's a lot of Twitter action. There's a lot of Facebook action. Uh, we'll get to some of those as well. We've got a number of guests lined up next on the line is Happin Koma. He's the head of stakeholder engagement for Lonman. Uh, Happy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Happy. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us on, on such short notice. We really appreciate it. Uh, we, we just uh, heard from uh, Joseph Ntunjwa uh, speaking about his thoughts on the 2012 massacre and the subsequent um, positions that people have been taking. He once uh, he did say that what could have uh, Lonman done better, and one of the things was to publicly apologise. Have you publicly apologised? Well, we would have if he says apologise. The question is apologise for which part? I think what uh, Lonman did and through the currency, or when when Ben Magara joined Lonman in 2013, the first thing that he did was he visited all the families uh, across the board of the 44 families who lost their loved ones. And uh, personally, um, you know, showed them sympathy and 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 really apologized for what had happened and, and their losses. But um, I think that version of apology is obviously not good enough for Mr. Matunja and uh, other people who think that who have already who judged Lonmin as the killer. And so, do you not think that you had a part to play in this? Thank you, pardon. Do you well, not think I that think Lonmin that, had a part to play in this? But that's precisely the reason why Lonmin uh, felt, you know, we, we, for us, we lost employees, we lost colleagues. 
and and London, uh, I think, apologized for that part and apologized for 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 and, and showed sympathy because I think that's the important part. Um, but if somebody wants to say London is a killer and then we must apologize as killers, it, it is an indictment, and that that is that then talks to the law. And I think we've always been clear. We left the, we let the Falam Commission go through. The Falam Commission didn't come out and say we must apologize because we they didn't charge us as guilty. It was very clear that it wasn't London that pulled the trigger and killed people. Well, Nkoma, uh, Nkoma, is the, we, we, we've seen, obviously, uh, this happen. We've seen commemorative events uh, four years later and so on. Uh, in what tangible ways did the ways of working at Lodman change um, after this event? Um, were there any people that were fired uh, for not having handled the situation and allowed it to escalate to the level that it got to, uh, are the the policies in terms of labour engagement, uh, what 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 were the tangible things that 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 changed ever since to show that Lonman cares about what happened on that day? Um, a lot uh, of action was taken, and obviously, you'll really imagine issues of people and their service and the work they've been done, because we could not point a finger at any particular person and say. This president did ATCD and that was wrong. Or remember, they are also employees and they are also protected by the very same act that uh, allowed the people to march. You don't you just don't fire people unless you can prove with a beyond reasonable doubt that they are guilty. So we could not do that. I won't lie to you. But what we have done is that we have improved our policies in terms of engagement. I mean, Mr. Matindra speaks here. He is a recognized his union, which for the first, I mean, it was the first. Um, we were the first company in the platinum sector to recognize AMCO as mm-hmm. a majority union and sign a bargaining agreement with them. We negotiated with them in 2014. We're negotiating with them now. So that talks to those changes. And they've got they've gotten the full support and recognition and um, and, and backing and, and um, the respect as a union uh, that represents our workers. Mr. So Nkoma. A long way. Mr. Nkoma, you, you have a difficult job. I'm not going to lie to you. I would not like to have your job. I'm sure you get paid well for that. But let me ask you this. How has your relations with the police been subsequent to Marikana? Well, the police have remained the way they were. I mean, they, 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 they are governed uh, by the law and they do what they want. Obviously, we, we are also careful on how they get involved. Remember, the, the matches have not stopped. The the um, there are protests by other community members as well. It's not just the workers. And what we what we have done on our side, as I said, we've done a lot towards policy change. Is we make sure that the police uh, maintain their distance and they do what is uh, right within the law. But more than anything, we can't tell the police what to do and not to do. But what we do is, if people are protesting or raising their voices against us, we take their accountability and make sure that we engage them. So, so nothing's so changed in terms of the police. Well, I think that you'll have to ask the police themselves. I mean, they don't relate to us. We're just a citizen like any other company. So you have absolutely no special interest slash no uh, special call or favor that you can phone in terms of the police to get them to come and help you when you need them? No, nothing nothing more than yourself if you were to call them for them to come and help you. I see. I see. The only only thing, as I say, that's different is that we have learned that uh, because, you know, there, there are realities that we need to accept. In the mining sector, protests and, um, and, and marches are, are much more intimidating and violent than most other sectors. So well, they we, affect the economy, aware, don't they? 
they do affect the economy. Mm. But uh, I think I, I think we are uh, all equally guilty, and that's what the CEO was trying to explain yesterday. That as a society, we have allowed this tendency to sort of exist that. Um, in the mining sector, people can violently, you know, demonstrate that they are not happy with one thing, and we sort of let it be. We need to re-educate ourselves. We need to to, to actually be much more, uh, you know, as much as we can vent our anger and show our frustration. We should actually do it within the limits of the law and without infringing on the rights of others. And uh, that's one thing we've allowed in the mining sector to grow. Babunkoma, uh, before we let you go, um, as, as, as one man to another, um, uh, I don't know you, but I imagine you have kids, uh, family and so on. And, and, and this was a travesty. We haven't seen uh, this amount of bloodshed at the hands of the police, uh, but by civilians since 1960. Um, when, you, when you sit and reflect... And this has been a question that, that, that we've asked ourselves. And you see all these different stakeholders that have been involved, that were there. How, how, do, how do the people that were there, especially the senior leaders of Lonman, uh, reconcile themselves to what has happened and, and continue to live with themselves? Um, how, has, how, how do you think um, uh, the deputy president has also uh, continued to live in, with himself? Uh, regardless of whether a person thinks they're guilty or not, whether they pull the trigger or not, uh, this has to weigh heavily on somebody's conscience. Whose conscience is this weighing heavily on? Well, you know, there, there are different leaders in London. There are those who were there when it happened. There are those of us who came in to try and assist to get a better life and try and avoid a similar situation if ever and get to learn uh, and in the process teach others about what's going on. Um, we all, you know, uh, in our own way, you know, take, take this very seriously and weigh heavily on us and each and every day. That is why, as I said, even when um, uh, currently there are any protests or matches, we, we are quick to, to, check, to check and make sure that there is no heavy-handedness in terms of the police or any security officers, because we are wary that it should not happen again. We live with the families that have lost their lives on. Yesterday, we had to live with the employees, some of whom were caught in between the crossfire, some of whom were actually uh, injured and, 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 and hacked by the matches. I mean, uh, one of the security guards that nobody talks about who actually escaped two minutes before the car uh, was torched. Um, I, had to, I was talking to him yesterday, a big man broke him down in tears. Mm. So we live with that, all of us, every day. It, it's something that we do with us for a while. Uh, and some of the, the, the managers who were here at London never took it lightly. They, they have, at the end of the day, as much as we say, we, we, we may not have pulled the trigger, but we all think, what if, what if? You know, every day somebody says, what if I had, you know, uh, blocked, put my car out and blocked the matches and asked them, let's talk. You know, those kind of things. Mm. So the management is not taking it lightly and it weighs on everybody's conscience. And it's very sad that, um, those of us who were not there and those of us who are also in leadership who are supposed to develop and move forward, instead of moving forward, we are still going back and pointing fingers. Mm. And, and that's the sad part, with that we are not seeming to learn and want to grow because the people who are, who are directly affected, one way or the other, um, will not heal if they keep on being reminded so-and-so killed your people. Instead of do, you think, do you think the EFF needs to take responsibility for that? Are you, are you specifically referring to the EFF? As an example? No, um, I, I won't sing aloud in organization. I think we as London, one of the things we've done is we've said, we've taken the responsibility, we've gone beyond what 
would have been our direct, you know, reaction as a company to make sure, for instance, the children are looked after, they're given a better education. We are eventually become the parents of these children um, because we don't want them to, I mean, we even take them for counseling. We we watch, we, we have the people looking after their school performance, their behavior away from school, all those things, because we realize we don't want this, the, the, the effect of the state to continue beyond 2012. But at the same time, other stakeholders who are there, whether it's community leaders, political leaders, need to actually work with us. We're, we're not interested in scoring points. We want to repair and fix this because it is a South African problem. As much as it happened in Marikan, um, the housing issue that everybody talks about is not a American issue. Mm. It's a South African problem. And, and if we stop blaming somebody and start taking responsibility, we are actually saying some other leaders, some other mine, some other companies, away from where we are, uh, off Marikana, out there in Joburg and Cartonville, should learn and realize that these issues, the government as well, housing will not just be sold over, overnight and by one individual. Some basic issues, like it takes you three months, three years to just get a, a zone approved to develop a, a, a site. Those kind of things are government issues. They need to be addressed. But we'll never address them if we are all not taking responsibility. We'll be waiting to point a finger at someone. Well, thank you very much, uh, Baba Heping Koma, um, for, for joining us uh, at such short notice. Such short notice, sorry, my words are escaping me. Uh, head of Stakeholder Engagement and Lonman, uh, all the best there. And please, uh, asking you as one human to, other, uh, to another, please do right by those miners. Uh, what's happened is a tragedy that should never, ever happen again. Well, really, we're working on that. And thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Having Korma, uh, head of stakeholder management at Lonman, total and utter bull. Why? It's okay to now. Now he's talking about the go- the government should do this and the government do. In 2012, leading up to that massacre, but there were emails, there were phone calls but he to can't do Susan, anything to about Cyril, to all of the people in government to yeah. say, "Please help us, please help us," and they did. So he's bullshitting us, and I really, yeah, but I can't, can't deal with this. But guy. he can't do anything about what happened in 2012. No, but he must Is, stop. Do you like, think what, what like, do you think? What, how do you think he's behaving? In relation to the way forward. The way forward is mm. for every single one of us to take accountability. Yes. Right? About what is in our control. Not in what's government and cults involved. But they said they, no, are, they, they said they are putting money no, there, whatever. Come on, Rory. It's, it's political bullshit. <laughs> what? Let's be honest. Tell, give me an idea of what you would, you would want to see Lonman doing. As I example. would want Lonman to actually go and speak to people, have hearings, public debates all the time to go, look, we did wrong. We actually did wrong. Mm. And you'd believe they're not doing that? Uh, completely. Mm. Listen to what he said. The economy is the biggest issue. He realizes that they have a stronger power hold because the economy relies on mining. And that's I where it you, ends. Mommy. I hear you. Anyways, let's, uh, let's speak to someone else who's uh, deep, deep in shit as well because they're doing coalitions at the moment. Uh, Mabine <laughs> Siabe from the DA, good morning to you. How are you? Uh, good morning, Steve. I don't, I don't envy you because uh, the Lonman gentleman, Mr. Happingkoma, has pissed Andrew off, and now he's just l- baying for blood. Good luck, man. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna sit this one out. No, no, Mabine, I'm not gonna be horrible to you. I promise. Um, Mabine, you, um, 
we saw yesterday uh, the, commemora- uh, the commemoration uh, happening at Marikana. We saw Muzimai Imani personally um, sponsoring or, or, or uh, sorry, not sponsoring, funding 50,000 rand in his, in his personal name to the fund of the Marikana miners. We then also saw something happen in your backyard in Seapoint where the crosses that commemorate Marikana were taken off and fines were given to uh, the person who put uh, the crosses on the promenade. Uh, does anyone care about Marikana? I mean, is it just a, just a waste of time and it's getting in the way of tourists loving the promenade and Seapoint? No, definitely. I mean, we must also separate the two issues. That was a, a city, uh, city of Cape Town issue, not a DA issue. Whilst we do run the municipality, there's a certain mission between the party and the state. Uh, so that's an issue that you'll have to take up with the city of Cape Town. But definitely the Democratic Alliance is fully behind ensuring that, uh, the 16th August commemoration gets the respect uh, that it requires. I mean, when last year we had uh, presented to Parliament a bill or rather petition to ensure that some sort of compensation fund is set up by Treasury to ensure that the kids, uh, the widows, and various victims of the, the massacre at Marugana are compensated uh, so that kids can go through school, mothers are able to put food on the table, mm-hmm. and that those who are injured are able to get the necessary medical attention. Mabine. You, you, I was going to sit this one out, and then you said something that just sounds like a cop-out. You say that uh, there's a difference between the city of Cape Town and the party that's the DA, yet you are constantly on the ANC's back uh, as as though they are government, and you refuse to see that separation where ANC is concerned. Come on, surely, surely you can do better than that. Surely you can take responsibility here and say we are the ones in government in the city of Cape Town, and what happened yesterday was either right or wrong, according to what you believe. Well, I'm not fully abreast of the situation and the circumstances surrounding it, but my understanding is that there were bylaws in place, and uh, those bylaws must be, must be upheld. But at the, point, at the end of the day, we are a party that's always the breasted party in state, it's the ANC, by their own design, who have wanted to make their party and the ANC one in the city. Therefore, it's, it's, it's only right for us to go at the, at the level in which they're engaging. They can't come at us and talk about the DA and the city of Cape Town being one and the same because we run, uh, we apply the rule of law and we apply separation of party and state between the city of Cape Town and the DA. In fact, wherever we govern, uh, we don't mix the two. So as as a party, if this happened, uh, you, so you're not versed with, with the facts of the issue, if, of, of the issue but uh, if this happened and... Uh, uh, people went out and put crosses uh, on the promenade, and and a certain gentleman by the name of Roscoe Palm was given a one thousand rand ticket. As a DA, what would your position be? Would would you consider that a bit insensitive? By laws granted, is it a bit insensitive just uh, for us to com- commemorate the largest killing of civilians at the hands of the police force since nineteen sixty? As a party, I mean, we've always advocated for the need for this this thing to receive the necessary. And respect that it deserves, and we've also put forward various solutions to ensure that this never happens again. Because we can't have a situation in democratic South Africa where the the fight for dignified life is treated in a criminal matter. And and we must be sensitive uh, to to these ideas. Perhaps now we need to to look at the bylaws uh, that govern the city of Cape Town. This is not the city of Cape Town; these are bylaws that uh, exist in various municipalities across the country. So perhaps in this regard, we need to look at it. But we also need to say that. Uh, by by law enforcement officers were also doing their job. But I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't take away from the fact that a tragedy happened uh, at the hands of a democratic state. And that uh, at this point, if 
ensuring that uh, this, this matter is mitigated in the way that it was, have not been held accountable. No one has gone to the people of Maritana and apologized for what has happened. The government has dragged its feet in establishing this compensation fund. Yes, so this is the same government that will approve budget uh, that will, will allow for the president to build a mansion in Uganda. I mean, if we take that line, Mabina, surely we then must uh, consider that the miners on the day in 2012 were also not obeying the bylaws and the police were just doing their job there too. Well, this was not a, a, a criminal matter. This was a labor matter which was not dealt uh, in that regard. Uh, we, everyone agrees. I don't think there's anyone that disagrees that uh, there was undue force that was used upon the police. There was a, there was a, there was a, there was a concoction of relationships between the state's business and, uh, and, and government that resulted in this. Uh, we would have wanted to see a peaceful uh, uh, ending to, to what happened in Marikana, not the way it was done uh, on that fateful day. You see, my problem is that, Mabina, while it's very easy not to relate those two issues, and maybe we can't, maybe we're being a bit horrible, you know, and this is probably not a headache that you need on Coalition Day. But um, let me ask you this, you know, when politicians just follow the and toe the line, um, you know, and say, oh, this is the city of Cape Town, or this is a party thing, and don't actually put their personal beliefs on the line. Don't you think we lose something? And therefore, don't we then inevitably get down to the road of Marikana because everyone is just towing the party line, throwing a finger somewhere else, and not actually, you know, Mabine, I want to hear from you. You're saying when you heard that news about a thousand rand fine and a bylaw, you were like, pissed off, man. It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. Forget the party line. Forget the party line. I know what the party line is. You've told me. Thank you very much. I'm separating the party and the individual, Mabine. Yes, granted me that as you may, but you didn't invite me here to speak on my personal capacity. I'm inviting you to speak on behalf of the Democratic Alliance and its leader. And that's our view on this matter. And if you want to be from the city of Cape Town, I'm more than welcome to put you in touch with the city of Cape Town. But I don't think that's the issue here. The, the issue is that the, the Maritana tragedy which took place uh, in, in 2012, uh, which uh, is something unheard of in a democratic dispensation, mm. that uh, police force is used to deal with the legal matter. And in a matter where black South Africans are trying to fight for a dignified life, uh, the very fundamentals of uh, the, the, the fight for democratic dispensation yeah. uh, to violate the right to, 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 to congregate and conduct a protest. Mabine, we're running out of time, and I just want to squeeze in a question or two, or one more question, or maybe two. But uh, I think it, for, for, for a lot of us, it's just concerning that it seems that Margana only comes up for politicians around this time of the year. Um, do, do, do you think that politicians have been genuine? And here I, I mean yourselves um, and, and, and other politicians have, have really been genuine in carrying the, 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 the story. Uh, we had Joseph Matunjo on earlier and he singled out the EFF as having taken their cause to parliament. Um, do you think that you guys have, have, have really been genuine in carrying this cause or has it just been used as, as a tool for political point scoring, which is another accusation that, uh, Mr. Matunjo has, has put at the feet of politicians? No, it's definitely not uh, point scoring on, on our on our side. I mean, this is something that we've been engaged in for a while. As I said, we've we've called on Parliament to uh, to, to to lobby Treasury to establish a compensation fund because this happened at government's hand, and therefore government should be the party that appeals. It shouldn't be individuals or political parties, as the various political parties and leaders pledged uh, their monies for the the Amku Trust yesterday. And 
because of more, I mean, at Democratic Alliance, uh, we've got uh, uh, structures on the ground where we sent our uh, shadow minister of human settlements to conduct oversight and report to the committee on the lack of progress that has been made there. Our, our Labour uh, shadow minister, our mining shadow minister, have, have, have long driven this issue with input for your committees to ensure that uh, the laws are compliant. Because at the end of the day, uh, mining houses get licenses on the basis that they're going to develop the communities there. But uh, at this stage, we have a situation where government has been complying by its own law and allowing uh, uh, mining companies to get off scot-free, resulting in, in the tragedy that we saw uh, four years ago. Mabine, just a last question. As as So it's easy for us to sit in a studio and point fingers, but uh, I think the whole of South African society is complicit in this. Um, on, on, on Facebook, we've got Dennis Pumlanim Tledjo, who said, when we asked, frankly speaking, do you still care about Margano? He said, no, why should I? I care about the 10 that died a week prior. Um, Bonnie Claudette Mabasa said, I'll never forget. People lost their lives. Their families are still living with the pain. Um, we, so we've got, we've got a number of people across, even on, on, on social, on Twitter. Um, Queen Wordsmith saying, my mom and I talk about it after the news. The, the documentary shook us both. Um, Turbo Thought says, ooh, Jesso, when we ask that question. How should the rest of us uh, be be responding? We can it's easy for us to point fingers at, at yourselves and so on who are in the in the in the in the in the arena, but how should South Africans, ordinary South Africans in practical terms, uh, be playing their part in making sure that the lives of those that died in Margana were not lost in vain? The situation is that uh, those responsible for what happened at Margana in 2012, are still holding high office. They still walk the streets and address communities. But we have a case in point where really the, the, the power that South Africans have is at the benefit. And they show that power in Rustenburg where they rejected the ANC's majority there. The ANC doesn't hold a majority in, in, in Maritana. They don't hold uh, a ward or the ward that uh, uh, Maritana is in. So South Africans have shown that they're tired of the status quo. They've shown that they want something different and they've shown that it's a benefit. And it's also important that Africans are aware of what's happening in politics by educating themselves and engaging in the politics of the day because at the end of the day, politics affects us all. Mabina, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's a very, very uh, important day for you. Good luck for the coalition discussions going forward today. Um, and uh, we appreciate your time. And listen, I just want to say I've never seen so many white people love the EFF as much as they do today, hoping that a coalition goes through. So congratulations. Good luck. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you further. Thank you. Except, I've been our position, you know, you about guy something. About guy. Yeah. Give us something. Give us something. You, What's happening? You're there? such yeah. a good friend of the show. Give you're such something. a good friend of the show. About guy, may I ship your twine, da? Sharp, sharp. At least he's from Pretoria. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mabina, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you and good morning. All right, so that was uh, Mabina Siabe. We have to wrap this up. Um, you, you can hear that I'm getting upset. I'm sorry. Apologies if, if I got out of line. You know, we're going to get hell on Twitter for me not being a broadcaster <laughs> and being a human being. Um, or maybe not, just because of my white privilege. So that's cool too. But listen, frankly speaking, if you missed any of it, catch it on uh, cliffcentral.com forward slash frankly speaking. Uh, the podcast, Does Anyone Care About Marikana? We heard from Joseph Matunjo, who is an absolute legend. Uh, we heard from uh, Happy Nkoma, who is the stakeholder engager.
for Lonman. God help all our souls. And uh, we heard from Abina Siabe as well, uh, talking a little bit about the DA's perspective on it. We missed out on Buiseni. Unfortunately, uh, we ran out of time, but we, we do appreciate the fact that he was available for us. And we'll keep on these conversations. Asambe. That's it, man. Asambe. we got to get out of here. This is CliffCentral.com.